0: Hello and welcome to the Engineering Career Coach podcast. In this episode, I will be talking with Pamela Scott. She's an executive coach to CEOs and business owners focusing on communication, managing people, leadership, and emotional intelligence. You might have seen some of the great articles she's authored on the Engineering Management Institute blog before, and she's also been a guest speaker for EMI's program, The Civil Engineering Collective. Today, she will be talking to us about how engineers can grow and advance their careers by discussing certain skills that she thinks engineers can always improve upon. I'm your host, Jeff Perry. I'm the founder of More Than Engineering and a leadership and career coach for engineers. And this is the Engineering Career Coach Podcast. It's the first podcast dedicated to helping engineers and technical professionals with both their personal and professional development. Before we get started, I just want to mention that this is a free show, and our sponsors help us to keep it free. Now I would like to recognize our sponsor for today's episode, ASME, the American Society of Mechanical Engineers. They serve a wide-ranging engineering community through quality learning, the development of codes and standards, certifications, research conferences, publications, government relations, and other forms of outreach. Becoming a member and joining the ASME community is the most important connection a current or future mechanical engineer can make. Members can engage with various ASME sections and technical divisions led by ASME volunteers. ASME members get access to a variety of career resources to help you throughout your career, whether you're just out of school or an already seasoned professional. Search for rewarding engineering jobs on ASME's Career Center or Focus on your professional development by participating in live webinars on key topics. Don't miss your chance to advance your career, enhance your professional network, and find your next ME opportunity by checking out ASME on www.asme.org. Now let's jump right in. Now it's time to jump right into the main segment of our episode. Today, I have the pleasure of talking with Pamela Scott. Pam, it's so great to be with you. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Jeff. As I said, I love this topic, and we'll have a good time talking about it. I think we're going to have a good time. So as we just get started here, do you mind telling us a little bit about you, what it is that you do, so you can introduce yourself to the audience here?
1: I'm an executive coach for Owners of Engineering firms. And then with their next generation of staff as well. And so I get to help people learn more about some of the topics we're going to talk about today, but also how to build their own skills and knowledge so they can be better execs, better managers, better project managers. And it's one-on-one coaching for me, although we are going to run a, roll out a team package later. I only work with people I like. I don't have to work with anybody, so I'm very privileged, and I know that. The other thing is I I just love working with engineers, and when people ask me why, it's very easy for me to say because I love working with smart people. Let me put it this way. I will only work with smart people, and engineers are smart people who want to get better, and I can understand the jokes. I can't understand the drawings, but I can understand the the sense of humor that engineers will frequently bring to the table. So it's just such a rewarding opportunity for me to work with people who do really, really, really important work in the world.
0: Sounds like you help people in a lot of different ways. You know, one of the things we want to talk about here, Pam, is talking about how we improve communication skills. And sometimes engineers get a bad rap for that a little bit. What advice or insights would you give, and what are some of the things you focus on when trying to help engineers and others improve
1: communication skills? There's so many things we could talk about when it comes to communication. One of the tendencies some engineers, not everybody, have is to say no. Someone says this is what we want to do, and the first thing out of their mouth is no, or you can't do that, or something like that. So, learning to Ask questions, which we'll talk about shortly, will help engineers get better at getting the information they need in order to help the client without having to say no. Learning to ask good questions, learning to listen, you know, the kinds of topics that we're going to talk about today, as well as realizing that the client, or and that can be internal or external, because we do have internal clients. The client can't read your mind, and you can't read his or hers. Communication is the route we go through in order to get information out so everybody can do a good job and Sometimes I think
0: when we think about communication, we perhaps only think about what we are saying or communicating ourselves, like if i'm doing if I'm talking to someone or if I'm speaking to a group or even written communication if I'm writing emails or memos or other things. And doing those are really important, but also the other side of communication is what's coming back in, right? Those listening skills. So what are some of the things you would share with engineers about how to improve their listening skills and just how important that really is?
1: One of the first things I like to share with people is that a conversation like we're having here is two-way. It's a circular process. So it's not just Jeff's talking, Pam's talking, That is not communication. That is just somebody throwing stuff out into the ether. Understanding that when I say something, you're going to hear it and interpret it through your life experiences. And likewise, when you speak and tell me something, I'm interpreting it through my life experiences, what kind of day I'm having. If I had a fight with my husband in the morning, any number of factors come into it. That's what makes communication hard because we can't read somebody else's mind. So learning that's, again, I keep getting on my soapbox about asking good questions is what's so essential to helping ensure you get good communication.
0: And asking those questions and making sure that you're truly absorbing what they're saying. I find with myself and many people that I work with, I have a tendency to win I ask a question, listen only to respond to what they're saying rather than truly listening and absorbing and seeking to understand what they're really trying to communicate. And like you said, like we can't read those minds. We have to be able to truly dive deep with those great questions and listening to understand what are they really trying to do? What are they trying to accomplish? What's most important to them as we're moving through these conversations, these various interactions and and working with people internally, externally, it doesn't matter who we're working with. The other piece here I want to expound upon a while back, you actually wrote a blog post for the Engineering Management Institute titled Leadership Skills You Can Develop Now. And one of the things you mentioned there is that leaders, true leaders, show initiative. So I want to talk about this idea of initiative and how would you describe what initiative really is and how our listeners and those that are tuning in here can show initiative at work and maybe even other circumstances in their lives. I
1: love this topic because it's something we don't think about. And if I had a client who constantly said, I wish some of my people would step up and take initiative, I'm not sure that it would be as top of mind for me as it has become. And his frustration was that people would see there was a problem somewhere and either not say anything about it or not do anything about it. They're just sitting there going, wow, that door is hanging off the house crooked that's really too bad. I wonder if somebody will come fix it. Particularly at the executive level, the CEOs or anybody in the C-suite doesn't have the time and energy to fix everything. And so it's like, all right, step up. If you see something needs to be attended to, good or bad, wave your hand and tell somebody, tell your boss, your boss's boss, whoever up the chain of command. Part of it is also that what you're seeing is something that Your boss is not seeing. They may not be aware of it. And so just like you would fix the door on your house, it would be, we need to address this. We can't let this go on. Or if you see some distrust or some conflict between coworkers or with a client, we have to talk about that stuff. And if you don't step up and do that, you're once again sitting back and hoping that somebody's reading your mind and that they will also see the same thing that you've seen, only they will get up and fix it. The thing about initiative is, particularly for the young people, the professionals in this audience, is you want to get ahead. People who are listening to this podcast are listening to this podcast because they want to grow. In order to grow and move forward, you have to take chances. And taking initiative is one of those chances so that you can learn, you know, see your boss or whomever can say, okay, we can depend on Rob over here because Rob always steps up. For some people, and I've had to watch this a time or two, we have to not take initiative at times, like the woman who was trying to fix her stroller. And I'm standing there and can see that what she's doing, is it going to work? And I know how to fix it because I am the daughter of an engineer. And then I have to go, no, you can't do that. Just watch. <laughs> she'll figure it out. It's not your job to correct the world. So it's waving your hand, stepping up, volunteering when things are needed. It makes
0: plenty of sense. A couple other ways that came to mind as you were sharing that is just some simple principles around see a need, fill a need. Like we have these, you know, across a organization, everyone has different eyes and ears on different problems and situations and perspectives, right? And so we have these opportunities to either share. If you have the ability to take care of it, then take the action, take care of it. If you can't, then go up the the chain and escalate things as as necessary. Mm-hmm. Because we need those eyes and ears to be proactively trying to help for the good of the organization. And it's going to improve our own results. It's going to be helping others. And everyone's going to appreciate when we do that. Just another thing that came to mind is just having that bias for action rather than just hoping someone else is going to take care of it. That bias for action that we're going to see something take action and instead of just thinking that we need to overthink everything, like sometimes we can have the tendency to do overanalyze before we take some action, do something about it when we see a problem.
1: There's the overanalyze, the analysis paralysis, and then there's the flip side of that and the people who take action without thinking because I can see it's a problem, therefore I'm going to go fix it. and. I don't have any background, maybe, of what the situation is, who's involved, what's going on. I don't know everything. There's a wonderful tool out there called the decision tree. You remind me at the end of the call, we'll have people, that can email and I'll send it to them. It's a tool to help managers tell employees, when do you need to let me know about a decision that needs to be made? And it uses the metaphor of a tree. And it's simple, easy to understand. But it's like, if you see this, just go fix it. And don't even tell me. And then it goes down through the different levels, but it's an absolutely fantastic tool. If somebody does a search on the decision tree, it will come up, I'm sure. But it's. Pam, I want to get into similar things like we were talking
0: about earlier. And I think this relates with what we were just talking about, how sometimes, you know, instead of just jumping right in when we don't have the context, like kind of getting curious and asking questions around things because we may see a problem, we may not have the full context and understanding of it. So sometimes we need to ask some questions to understand before we really can take action or escalate things too. So I want to talk about this idea of more about asking good questions, like really trying to understand the reasons behind things, ways to help others, learn from other people, understanding a problem. And then, you know, eventually what we're trying to often do is come up with the right solution. So what are the things that you recommend? How do we know what a good question is? How do we ask them appropriately and do this in a way that is really helpful to us and the people that we're working with? I'll
1: give you the first easy answer. And the first easy answer is don't ask yes or no questions. Because if you ask a yes or no question, you get a yes or you get a no, or sometimes an either. You can't move forward with that. There's no place to go. Learning to ask questions from the perspective of five W's and an H. What, when, where, how, who, to start your questions with that kind of direction. So Jeff, you and I are talking. Let's say we're working on a project on career coaching. You said you really like it. So instead of just going, oh, okay, Jeff likes career coaching. This is cool. I say, when did you first get interested in career coaching? And what was it that spoke to you? What was it that said, helped you understand this is something you want to do? So asking those probing questions and feel free to answer, you know, asking the probing questions that dig deeper so that you can really understand what's going on in this situation.
0: Okay. So what I heard there, Pam, we need to dig deeper with the questions. That's one of the main reasons why we ask questions in the first place. So surface level, yes or no questions aren't going to cut it for us. We need to truly use questions to dive deeper and get greater understanding. Did I catch that correctly and anything else that you would add on top of that?
1: We need to Ask those questions so we can dive in and collect information. That's what you're doing, particularly for problem solvers. You can't solve a problem if you don't have the information you need. One of the challenges is to tell people to go five levels deep. So you're not a yes or no. So you ask the first question and then you ask, oh, tell me more. Or why would you like to pursue that interest? And you keep going. And it's going to take about five levels. Before you really get to the truth of the matter, because people just come back, with whatever's easiest for them to say. You have to be careful in doing that, that you're not saying it in an antagonistic way. And it will help you, particularly with clients, help you understand where their head is, why they want to do things a certain way. I
0: also want to make sure we talk about something else. So I want to talk about business development for a second for engineers. And that's something that a lot of engineers who are fully technical perhaps don't think about much. But why do you think it's important for engineers to also really understand the bigger picture of how the engineering firm truly works and also makes money, even if their responsibility is primarily technical?
1: This is so important. I started running into it the minute I started working with engineers, and I'm sure it would have been true for accountants and other people as well. It's to get a full understanding of how the business operates. And I use the example of the alphabet, 26 letters. So you're a J. As a deaf, you're a J. So you know what a J does. You know, this is where you come into work and this is what you do. By birth, my last name was an A. I say I was always at the front of the line so I knew where the line was going. I had no concept of all the letters behind me because I didn't care about them. I only cared about what I had to do. And then I got married and became an S. So now I'm at the back of the line. And at this point, I don't know where everything is going out there. And so it's really it's career enhancing for young professionals to understand how their business works and the business development process Is a very long and complicated thing with many different steps. And yes, it involves playing golf with a client, but it also means invoicing. It also means collecting the money that's due you. It also means keeping relationships alive so that you can get more business from existing clients. Because you and I know that it costs a whole lot more to go get a new client than it does to sell more to existing clients. And there's so much depth to that business development process, and I think if people became more aware of that, then they would have a better understanding of how their company actually works. It's not just money in, money out. There's overhead. Employees are the number one cost to small business firms and probably the, the big ones too. So there's lots of different factors that come into play. And I really encourage young professionals to sit down with their boss and ask, Or see if you can find a a course somewhere, an EMI may have that on, this is how business runs for engineers. And it's not the same as getting your MBA or something, whatever like that, but it's practical information.
0: I think it just helps put the work that each of us does in the context of the greater vision and and strategy and all the pieces that go on to really make that business run. Sometimes engineers can, I've seen, can get a little bit antagonistic and any group too, but sometimes it's engineers, you know, don't like what marketing's doing or sales or whatever. They feel like they're encroaching on the engineering work that we're doing, but We have to recognize that the antagonism doesn't help because what marketing, sales, accounting and everyone else does makes it possible for this whole business to exist and for the engineers to do their technical job. If we didn't market and sell the services, there wouldn't be anything to design and build and whatnot. So it's critical that we recognize the importance of every role in the company and greater context we have We can work together better instead of seeing each other as enemies sometimes, which happens, and hopefully not so much of the people we're talking to here.
1: And it also, if I bring up this point, if there are multiple offices in a company, this whole mess just gets magnified a hundred times. So Office A doesn't want to talk to Office B, Office B thinks everybody in Office C is a bunch of idiots. It's the problem with silos. In a workplace, and those silos can cause so many problems so quickly, it's not funny. When I meet a firm and go, You've got how many offices? Oh, yeah. good heavens. Well, basically, that means I've got all these other pockets of people that I need to connect with in order to find out what's really going on.
0: Well, Pam, this has been a great discussion. As we end this main segment of the show, what final piece of advice or insight would you give listeners out here?
1: Keep learning, Quit say no all the time look for opportunities. And by all means, please go to mentorloft.com, M-E-N-T-O-R-L-O-F-T.com and read the blog because Mentorloft is a website we created when our adult children said, nobody's teaching us the stuff that you teach people. So you need to develop a website where we can learn that. And that's what the blog entries on Inventor are. So there are about topics we've talked about today and a whole lot more. They're easy to read because that's the way I write. If anybody's read something I've written in EMI blog, then they're get that same level of writing right back at them.
0: At this point, we're going to transition into the Take Action Today segment of the show, where we'll get one final piece of advice you can take action on today. Now it's time for our Take Action Today segment of the show. Pam, we've talked about a lot of different topics, and we talked a lot about communication. So what's something that you would say that engineers could do to really take some specific action on growing and developing
1: their communication skills moving forward? Get to a Toastmasters club. I don't care where you are, how big a town or how small a town. There are Toastmaster clubs all over the country. And people go, oh, but that's about giving a speech. Well, yeah, sort of, kind of. But they let you work into it. So it's not like you're there the first time and they, give us a speech. Toastmasters is, educational material is excellent. It's really well planned so that it's easy for people to move through it from, oh, my gosh, I can't ever speak in public kind of mindset to, what you need a speaker? I'm there. It it teaches you to think, it teaches you to interact with other people, because business development is all about interacting with other people. Actually, everything we do is about interacting mm-hmm. with other people, but it also gives you self-confidence, which is probably the number one takeaway for everybody I know that's in Touchmasters. It also gives you a skill that a lot of your peers do not have. And so if you're wanting to Set yourself up as, hey, I'm really ready for that promotion or pick me. Uh, Toastmasters is the easiest way to do it. And the cost is minimal, it's like almost nothing. I'm constantly telling people to get to Toastmasters and just see where you can go.
0: Toastmasters is great. I've had great experiences myself in a number of clubs and fantastic low-cost way to get some great mentorship support and training around some of these communication skills in a number of different areas. So great stuff, Pam. It's been a pleasure talking today. I know we talked about Mentor Loft a little bit earlier, but anything else that you would share in addition to that, that if people are interested in learning more, connecting with you and getting any other resources that you might have to share? Well, the
1: easiest way is to email me at pam. T-A-M, at mentorloft.com, M-E-N-T-O-R-L-O-F-T.com. Put in the subject line EMI, if you would, so that I can keep you from falling into the, the abyss. I'll be happy to send the decision tree handout out. We have lots of other stuff, again, on the website. The blog is it's all about growing yourself in your career. When it's feasible for you to get out and go to networking events, do so. Even if you don't like it, I'm an extrovert and I hate networking events. But that's how you make relationships and and that's how you get the contacts you need to grow you, your role in your firm, support your firm, and help that money keep coming in.
0: Well, thanks so much. It's been a pleasure talking with you, Pam. I look forward to staying connected and hearing more about the good things you're doing to Progress leadership and personal development in the engineering world. Thanks so much.
1: Thanks, Jeff. It's been a real pleasure. Hope somebody learned something.
0: I think they will. Thanks so much. I hope you enjoyed the episode today. We would love to hear your feedback, comments, and questions go to www.engineeringmanagementinstitute.org where you'll find a summary of the key points discussed in today's episode, as well as links to any of the resources, websites, or books mentioned during this episode and other episodes. And also don't forget to check out any upcoming live webinars for this month at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. Additionally, for any engineers who are struggling with unemployment or that uncertainty about how to take a career step, the next career transition, I've created some free training resources with an opportunity to join a more intensive program called the Engineering Career Accelerator. You can find more information if you're interested at www.engineeringcareeraccelerator.com. Until next time, I wish you the best in all of your engineering endeavors. The strategies that you heard in this episode will be of no use to you unless you take action and start to implement them in your career immediately. To help you do that, we have designed a system that you can use at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. It combines live monthly webinars with PDHs, plus a private forum giving you access to coaches and premium content focused on helping you build your management and leadership skills. Join us for our next live webinar at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org, and we'll help you engineer your own success.